It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I'm going to start with chapter six in the, our in my book, Spartan Tales, the 2009 state championship run. Hope you're enjoying it. Last week we did chapters one through five. We're going to do six on. I'm not sure how long that's going to take. We might need one more episode to get through everything. Um, and then we'll get back to, to our interviews and we're going to do some things with um, kind of throughout the season as far as like tryouts and parents and things like that. So again, I hope you're liking this. If you do, please go down and like, like us and uh, and subscribe and stuff on iTunes. We really appreciate that. Go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, we would really appreciate you going over and becoming a member of our of our community. Um, you know, <laughs> it allows me to do these podcasts. It allows me the uh, ability on a Sunday night to come in and, in the studio and do the kind of things I need to do and take my wife out to dinner to be honest with you. So go over and check it out, www.teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. All right, here's episode 103. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. From the fifth quarter studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Chapter 6, Scouting for a Great Hot Dog, and a late-night Christmas present. Monday, December 22nd, 1 p.m. Today is the first day of winter break, and I always try to use this break as a time to condition, teach, and implement some new defensive and offensive sets. It was a good practice, and I think we got better. I spent the rest of the day finishing up some last-minute Christmas shopping. At night, I scouted Wanaki at Sauk Prairie with my son Drew and was able to get game tape on two teams in our sectional. It was a great game and an unbelievable atmosphere between two Badger Conference teams. It felt like one of our 2006 sectional games in which we beat a very good Middleton team. It was a long game and I felt like there were close to 50 fouls called but worth the ride to Sauk City. My only complaint would be the hot dogs. I am a guy who grew up with a good old-fashioned Oscar Mayer hot dog. They are the best. Tuesday, December 23, noon. Practice today was short, but hard. I ran them a lot, and we retaught some of our offensive sets. It was nice, because we had several alumni... Corey Vernon, Derek Nakimji, and Jared Ajami come in and play with our players. It was both good competition and a small carrot for our players to see alumni who were playing collegiate basketball. Today, I'm heading to the Wisconsin game with my brother-in-law, Craig, to watch Keaton and the Badgers play Texas. Wednesday, December 24, noon. My, how plans can change. Rather than cheer on UW, I have spent the last 16 hours in bed. I came down with a terrible cold. 
and my daughter Emma came down with the stomach flu yesterday evening. I would say that this is typical of basketball season. The entire Collins clan passes around illnesses. Half of our family is eating Christmas Eve dinner elsewhere tonight to avoid getting sick. Wednesday, December 24, 4 p.m. How do you spend Christmas Eve in the Collins household? Watching tape of Henry Selby High. As both Emma and Drew were circling the Christmas tree, trying to figure out which one of the presents from their grandparents they wanted to open, my wife Maya and I were trying to figure out how Henry Selby, a high school team, could be so tall. They have a starting lineup consisting of a 7-footer, two 6'8 forwards, a 6'4 shooting guard, along with a point guard that is 5'8. They, of course, bring a 6'8 player off the bench. I think they might start a taller lineup than the Badgers. One of their players is also a UW recruit, Mike Brusowitz. They are currently ranked number two in Minnesota and have four Division I college recruits on their roster. We are going to have to work on this scouting report. Wednesday, December 24, 11 p.m. Have you ever bought a present, gone to wrap it on Christmas Eve, and then were unable to find it? That is what happened at our house. So at 11 p.m. on Christmas Eve, Maya and I are at the 24-hour Walgreens buying the missing Pokemon cards. I can thank my brother-in-law, Craig, who is an executive at Walgreens, for pushing us that way. There are not many stores open late on Christmas Eve. Thursday, December 25, written on the 26th. This is a non-Blackberry and non-basketball day. It's hard in the Collins household to give up basketball, but today is about giving thanks for my family. Two healthy and loving children, my four-year-old daughter who changes her outfit about 20 times a day, my son's excitement at making snow with his new chemistry set. Does he not understand there's a foot of snow outside? Two loving parents, Peg and Larry Collins, and their unconditional support. A wife who puts up with my love and passion for the game. Friday, December 26, 7 p.m. I gave my players the day off today. In my experience, this day is a tough day to play or practice because the players are still on Christmas time and it can be hard to focus. Without a game for over a week, this seemed like the logical time to allow them to have three days off. I enjoyed the article on Junior LaMamba this morning in the State Journal. He is a great basketball player and an even better person. I am so glad that things have worked out for him and that he is making a better life for himself. I just found out that he is stuck in Baltimore visiting his mother and will not be home for at least another day. We spent the day at home cleaning off our roof and building huge snow tunnels in Grandma's front yard. A funny story involving one of the first snow memories is climbing through snow tunnels at the house of Rich Cleveland, now the Madison East head coach. Rich's father and my father have been friends for as long as I can remember. What a small world. Saturday, December 27, noon. I think the players were still on break this morning at our 8 a.m. practice. My estimate would be that they probably ran to Wausau and back during the two-hour practice. The combination of early morning and having three days off did not seem to work. Saturday, December 27, 9.30 p.m. I just got back from scouting Middleton and Walpen. I did not get a chance to try out the hot dogs at Middleton, but have heard they are exceptional. The fun thing about getting out and scouting is seeing different players from around the state. Tonight, I saw an exceptional one from Walpon in junior Austin Armga. I have not yet seen statistics from the game, but my guess would be that he had at least 30 points 
actually 34, and put on quite a first-half shooting clinic. Chapter 7. Minneapolis Trip Provides a Glimpse of the Big Time. Monday, December 29, 4 p.m. I am getting over the stomach flu like a handful of my players, yet today was a very focused practice. I think the team has an idea of how big the next couple of games are in our schedule and the stiff competition that awaits them. The WBCA, Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association, holds a holiday tournament at the UW Fieldhouse over Christmas break, and several teams came to Memorial to hold shoot-arounds. I'm always happy to help our fellow coaches with gym space. Plus, it is fun to talk basketball and hear how basketball around the state is going. I talked to Todd Fergott, the head coach of Lacrosse Central. He does a tremendous job and had his team off to an impressive 6-0 start. Pat Hammond and his Eau Claire North varsity team also came to practice at our school. I'm disappointed to see Evan Anderson, a UW recruit, in a walking boot and unable to play. Our sophomore team also got to play against Eau Claire North's sophomore squad. We won. Evan and fellow UW recruit Vander Blue got to talk to each other during the game. Tuesday, December 20, 3.30 p.m. We got better today. I am not sure that we are 100% healthy. However, we continue to improve as a basketball team. As a coach, all you can ever ask for your team is to get better. We did a lot of teaching and adding of new things in the last two days, and the players have all responded. We spent a good hour after practice today going over Henry Sibley scout tapes and highlighting their strengths and weaknesses. After seeing them on tape, my guys respect Henry Sibley's athleticism and height and are ready for the challenge. As we left practice, my six-year-old son Drew turned to me and said, Dad, they did good today. They sure did, Drew. Tuesday, December 30, 11 p.m. I just got back from watching Beloit play at Waterford. My companion was Jeremy Schlitz, my sophomore team coach, who I would rank as the best sophomore coach in the state. Not only has he been with me since the beginning of my head coaching career at Memorial, but he also was a player on my varsity reserve team at Wausau East High School. I don't think anyone spends more time preparing his team and helping with varsity on a daily basis than Jeremy. He's a great friend and an unbelievable basketball coach. The weather was terrible, but the hot dogs were a solid eight on a one to 10 scale. This was a good scout and we are going to have our work cut out for us next Tuesday, January 6th, at home versus Beloit. The two remaining undefeated teams in the Big 8 will be going head-to-head. This is the most balanced, biggest, and talented Beloit team I have seen in four years. Wednesday, December 31, 11.30 p.m. At practice, we tweaked a few things for the weekend in Minneapolis and went over the itinerary with the team. We have the players' time scripted for the entire weekend. After practice, I collected the practice gear to take home and wash it. I have learned that if I don't personally wash them a handful of times during the year, the jerseys really begin to smell. We just got home from celebrating New Year's Eve with some great families, the Youngs, Ginskows, Cranleys, and Goldenbergs. We spent the evening playing Wii, eating fondue, and having exceptional conversations. One topic involved answering specific dinner table questions. The question I received under my plate was applicable to my team. What is the best advice you have ever received? And I'm going to pass on some of the advice to them. Eat dessert first so you will have enough room for it. Do what you do best and delegate the rest. It's not what you know, it's what you do when you don't. Live in the moment. 
do a job you love, don't be stupid. Work smarter, not harder. Thursday, January 1, noon. No practice today, but here are my New Year's resolutions. Be a better father, husband, teacher, and coach. Have our team play better man-to-man defense and commit fewer turnovers. Have our team play hard for 32 minutes. Get in shape. My good friend Jeff Thompson just completed three Ironmans, and my brother-in-law, Craig Lower, is going to compete in Ironman Wisconsin this September in Madison. They inspire an old man like me. Register and run the Madison Half Marathon. Learn a new skill. Save more money for retirement. Friday, January 2, 6 a.m. We are leaving later this morning for Minnesota to play at the Target Center tomorrow afternoon versus Henry Sibley as part of the Timberwolves shootout. I am up early packing and making sure that we have everything situated for the weekend. We are going to practice first and then get on the bus. I am excited because I just got a new iPhone for my birthday from my wife Maya and will keep track of notes during the entire trip. Friday, January 2, 11.30 a.m. We just pulled out of the Memorial parking lot with 14 players. One is homesick. Six coaches, three managers. Tyler Dahman, former Memorial player who films for When We Were Young Productions. Principal Bruce Dahman, my beautiful wife who's going to visit college friends. And John Wilson, our bus driver. My players just noticed my Wawatosa East State Champions t-shirt, a present from Jeremy Schlitz. The shirt got the trip off to a nice and noisy start. When you have a five-hour trip to the Twin Cities, you have time for a lot of different conversations. One of the most interesting involved Corey Moore, Kevin Klegos, and myself, and our most interesting scouting and team trips. Here are some of the most interesting scouting trips we came up with. One. A scouting trip to lacrosse two or three years ago with Kevin and Corey was quite an experience. We got within 10 miles of lacrosse and had to turn around. The roads were so bad that you could barely see through the car windshield. A two-hour trip took us close to five hours, and we didn't even get the scout. The ice was forming so fast that you had to scrape the windshield every five to ten minutes. As we were driving down the highway... We passed a car that had a female passenger hanging out of the window, scraping the windshield as they were driving. Of course, none of us was willing to stick our backside out of the window to scrape the windshield. Two, this scouting trip was early in my coaching career with Corey Moore. We were in the Milwaukee area scouting either South Milwaukee or Burlington and were close to the airport, Mitchell Field. We were stopped at a stoplight as a small commuter plane was coming in for a landing. I slowly pulled into the intersection, and as I was doing so, a piece of ice the size of a small car fell from the plane's landing gear and landed seven feet in front of the car. I guess that life is all about timing. 3. This scouting trip was also with Corey Moore five or six years ago. We were coming back late from scouting a team in La Crosse and decided to stop at McDonald's in Toma. We went through the drive-thru and ordered a couple of Big Mac value meals. As we got on the interstate heading toward Madison and took a bite into the sandwiches, we discovered there was no meat. We realized the next exit was 10 miles down the road, so we laughed out loud, said a couple of choice words, knowing that someone at McDonald's was having a good laugh on us, and finished our hamburger buns. Friday, January 2, 1.45 p.m. We just had our first exciting incident of the trip. I had finished eating a lunch that the parents had provided for the team and had fallen asleep on the bus. When I woke up, everyone asked if I heard the noise. I did not understand what they were talking about. It appeared that while I was sleeping, the bus drove under an overpass 
and a huge piece of ice fell off and cracked the windshield. Everyone described it as loud as a gunshot. What is it with me in falling ice? At least I slept through it. Friday, January 2, 2.50 p.m. I just walked through the bus and saw a couple of people reading UW coach Bo Ryan's book. Looks like the sales are going well, coach. Friday, January 2, 4.30 p.m. We just got off the bus and got everyone checked into the hotel, the Marriott. As we were getting off the bus, we saw another bus pull up behind us with some very big basketball players. I was hoping that it was not Henry Sibley. As it turns out, it was Ohio State, and they were in town to play Minnesota the next day. Buckeyes coach Thad Mata got on the elevator and was very nice and wished us luck the next day. Friday, January 2, 6.45 p.m. We just finished eating dinner at the hotel and are getting ready to walk over to the Timberwolves game, compliments of the Timberwolves shootout. What is nice about the hotel we are staying at is we can walk to the Target Center tonight and tomorrow without going outside. Most of the entire Minneapolis downtown is connected by skyways. Friday, January 2, 8 p.m. We just watched half of the Timberwolves game against Golden State. My team thinks many of these NBA players don't play hard at times. I told them it was an 82-game season and that the second half will be more intense, which it was. Friday, January 2, 10.45 p.m. The Timberwolves game was a lot of fun and we were able to see them win 115-108. to Our coaching staff just did the first bed check of the night for our players and gave them a snack before bed. What did people do for entertainment before PlayStation or Xbox? It is amazing to see how messy a hotel room can get in just five hours. I was just in the lobby and saw the NBA officials from the Timberwolves game checking into the hotel. This must be the place to stay. Saturday, January 3, 12.45 a.m. I did the final bed check, and everyone is fast asleep. Hopefully, they are all dreaming of beating Henry Sibley. Saturday, January 3, 10 a.m. The team just finished breakfast, and we are heading over to the Target Center for a quick walkthrough before the game. We will then come back to the hotel check out, and walk over to the game. Saturday, January 3, noon. We are sitting in the lobby of the hotel waiting to walk over to the Target Center, and I just saw Philadelphia Eagles advance man getting rooms for the team for Sunday's NFL playoff game versus the Vikings. They have the entire 10th and 11th floors booked for the team, and I overheard him asking for a master key for all the players' rooms. Good to know that the NFL worries about bed checks as much as high school coaches. Saturday, January 3, 4.30 p.m. We won 67-64 in a very close game. The game consisted of two 18-minute halves, as opposed to the eight-minute quarters we usually play, on a larger NBA court. I always worry about how the larger court will affect the flow of the game and our conditioning. I was able to rest some people because we had some early foul trouble and I think that helped us down the stretch. Our bench did a great job of giving us some quality minutes. I was happy with how we handled the close game and made some clutch moves down the stretch. We were down three points with about four minutes to go and we're still able to pull out the win. We obviously still have a lot of work to do, but this is a quality win against one of the top teams in Minnesota. We are letting the guys get showered, and we'll watch a little of the Hopkins game before jumping on the bus to go home. Sunday, January 4, 12.45 a.m. 
It took us about an extra two hours to get home because of the freezing rain and ice. It is nice to be home, but now I am worrying about Beloit on Tuesday night. It should be quite an event. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Um, if you are, please go subscribe and like. We would really appreciate that. Um, it allows us to move up the, the pecking order in iTunes. Uh, so we would really appreciate if you go over and do that. Go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. You won't find a better resource. And I know all of you are revving up for the season. What a great place and community to join. Go over and check it out. Thanks. Chapter 8. A Return to Fundamentals. Monday. January 5, noon. The day after winter break is always interesting. It is difficult to get everyone, including myself, back into a routine. We have a big game against Beloit on Tuesday, so I hope we can refocus. I hear that Beloit will be bringing several buses, fans, to the game. It should be an interesting atmosphere for a high school. That's just so bad. I hear Beloit will be bringing several buses of fans to the game. It should be a great atmosphere for a high school basketball game. Monday, January 5, 8 p.m. We had a short but intense practice. I think the guys know what is at stake tomorrow night with two undefeated Big 8 teams coming together. It has been a long time since there has been this much anticipation about a Memorial-Beloit matchup. I remember back when Kyle Weaver was playing for Beloit. He is now playing for Oklahoma City in the NBA. And we had some great battles with those Coach Balch teams. Let's not forget the 2004 state quarterfinal matchup, which came down to one or two possessions. I have a feeling we are going to have one of those games tomorrow night. Tuesday, January 6, 7.45 a.m. We just had our shoot-around. I am worried that we are not going to be ready for this big game. One of the hardest things about being a coach is that come game day, there is nothing I can do because it is out of my hands. I can't run that special drill or out-of-bounds play that will help with the game tonight. It is up to them. Tuesday, January 6, 9.45 p.m. We beat Beloit 64-50. We were down going into the fourth quarter 35-34, but luckily we had a 30-point fourth quarter. I know that we won, but I'm a little disappointed with our effort for 32 minutes. We failed to finish our shots, rebound well, or execute defensively. We must realize that there is a huge target on our back, and we need to execute our game plan for an entire game. I take my hat off to Beloit. They did a tremendous job in the game, and I have no doubt that it will be a battle when we go down there and play in February. Wednesday, January 7, 6 a.m. I wasn't able to sleep last night. We need to take our team and go back to the fundamentals. Being strong with the ball, passing, dribbling, rebounding, shooting free throws. I know that we can shoot the ball and get up and down the court. What we have to do now is get better at the little things that make a good basketball team great. Wednesday, January 7, 6 p.m. I was sitting in the Shorewood Elementary School gym watching my six-year-old son, Drew, run around and play soccer on a tile floor. I could compare it to playing soccer on an ice rink, but it looks like all the kids are having a great time. We got better today in practice. However, sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back. It was one of our better practices of the year, and the guys were really focused on the basketball skills we are working on. It always makes a coach or teacher feel proud when he realizes his students are getting material being taught. I am off with Drew, his best buddy Joe Clark, and his dad Randy to watch the Badger game. Thursday, January 8, 6.25 p.m. I am trying to finish up my team's individual goals. 
I want to sit down with each kid and let him know where he stands on the team. We are one game away from the halfway mark of the season, and this is the time that I always try to communicate with my team about their roles. Every player is important and has a role on the team. When players don't know what is expected of them, they can tear apart a team by not working well together as a cohesive group. The team is off to eat a pasta dinner at the Furling House and get ready to play our next-door neighbor, Middleton. It is always an interesting week of preparation when we play Middleton and their dribble-drive offense. Friday, January 9, 11.30 p.m. We beat Middleton 74-51, and I was pleased with the effort. We brought the players back to the school after the game, fed them, and went through the St. Louis Lafayette Scout. I then sent them home and gave them an 11 p.m. curfew. Everyone called in, and I am now packing for the trip to St. Louis tomorrow morning. We are leaving school at 7 a.m. and have a game at 6.15 p.m. in Highland, Illinois. I am excited because this is the first road trip that Drew will be making with the team. He can't wait. Saturday. January 10, 9 a.m. We have been driving for a couple of hours, and the roads have some blowing snow and ice, but it looks as though they have begun to clear. We are in the great hands of bus driver Teddy Lubeck. I have no worries. We just realized that Jeremy Schlitz, sophomore coach, forgot all of his clothes at Memorial in his car. Being the logistical manager of the road trips, I am sure he's had some sort of contingency built into the schedule. The players have been eating and watching movies on the bus. I think Drew is in heaven spending all this time with the players. They are really wonderful with him. Saturday, January 10, 1.30 p.m. We arrived in Highland and checked into the hotel. In about an hour, we are going to have a shoot-around at the middle school. Hopefully, I can work the guys out enough to make sure they are ready for the game. That was a long bus trip, and our bodies need to be sharp. Saturday, January 10, 4.30 p.m. The shoot-around at the middle school was great. I can't believe the wonderful facilities they have. That gym seemed bigger than Memorial's gym. The Highland Tournament is a wonderful experience and the host, the Optimist Club, runs a first-class event. Kevin Heeman, head of the Optimist Club, and Bill Keeley, our team host, take such good care of us and make sure that we have everything we need. Drew has a life-threatening peanut tree nut allergy, and we as a family have to deal with it every day. Everyone at the tournament was more than accommodating to him and our entire team. Today at lunch, Drew not only got to eat dinner with us, but he also got to sit at the same table with Jerron and Vander. What more could a six-year-old boy ask for? Word on the street is that Jeremy found a dollar store and has been able to outfit himself for the game tonight. I can't wait to see this. Saturday, January 10, 9.30 p.m. We won another close battle, 65-62. Lafayette has two big players who are both about 6 foot 8 and 240 pounds. One player, Tyler Griffey, has signed with Illinois, and the other big has several offers on the table. I thought we did a nice job pressuring their guards and attacking the rim. For the most part, we played hard, but the fatigue of the bus ride sure showed in the second half. I take responsibility for one big mistake, having six players on the court at the end of the first half, which earned me a technical foul. As Drew stated, geez, Dad, I thought you were a math teacher. You would think one of the 18 coaches along on the trip with us would have caught that error. The optimists are sending over 15 pizzas for the guys to eat. If they can finish all of those... I will really be impressed. Sunday, January 11, 9.30 a.m. 
It has been a pretty successful trip so far. We finished off the pizzas, beat a really good team, and Drew got to stay up until 10.30 p.m. We are now headed off to the St. Louis Arch, where we will watch a movie about its construction and take a ride to the top. This is always a fun part of the trip because the players will get a little history lesson and spend some time together off the basketball court, creating friendships and team chemistry. Sunday, January 11, 9.30 p.m. We just got home and put Drew to bed. I am surprised he's able to fall asleep after all this excitement. I hope that I can fall asleep. Too many naps on the bus. I am really proud of how my guys represented Memorial this weekend. The great thing about coaching is that there is always another game to prepare for. Time to prepare for Parker. Chapter 9, Moving Forward After the First Road Loss in Five Years Tuesday, January 13, 6 p.m. We had a short practice today due to a wrestling meet at 5 p.m. The players are starting to prepare for finals and the end of the season. As I walked through the door tonight, my son Drew was whistling up a storm. The entire team was able to hear his new instrument last weekend on the bus. He sounds like a boiling teapot as he puckers his lips together. A pretty funny sight and sound. Wednesday, January 14, 10 p.m. We were able to get practice in today after school. The district has closed down all activities starting at 6 p.m. due to the pending windchill warning. We were able to walk through our Janesville Parker scouting report and hopefully we'll be able to make the game tomorrow. I stopped at the store and got the makings for a pancake breakfast just in case we have a cold day. What a job. You go to bed not knowing if you have to work the next day. Thursday, January 15, 5.30 a.m. Cold day. I'm going back to bed. Luckily, I told my players that if we did not have school, there would be no game or practice. I am glad I planned ahead and look forward to a day home with my kids. Thursday, January 15, 6.45 p.m. It was a good day at the Collins house. I made a pancake breakfast, had a fire all day, corrected some tests, and even got in a game of Monopoly with Drew. Looks like I have to change my focus from Parker to East tomorrow. Friday, January 16, 5.30 a.m. Another cold day. I can't believe it. I'm going back to bed thinking about whether we will play tonight. Friday, January 16, 9.30 a.m. We are going to play the game tonight versus East. I have to get a hold of all the guys and let them know what is going on concerning the game. I hope being out of school for two days does not affect our routine. We are meeting at school for a short shoot-around and then heading off to the game. Time to get into game mode. Friday, January 16, 11 p.m. We lost. 53-44. I give credit to East, my alma mater, for playing a really spirited game and really executing down the stretch. Rich Cleveland has been a longtime friend. His mother babysat me as a child. He looked like a very happy coach at the end of the game. The crowd from both schools was amazing, and we have been blessed to play in front of packed houses for most of the season so far. It was quite a celebration after the game, and it is hard for any team to see their opponents carried off the floor by fans. The locker room was very quiet, and my post-game speech was very short. I have coached long enough to know that my team will not hear me tonight and that we can talk the next day. The one good thing that happened was my wife came downstairs to the locker room after the game and gave me a big hug. 
She has been around this coach long enough to know just what I need. I saw her sitting throughout the game with Paula Avallera, a very talented MMSD social worker whose son, Augustine, played for East last year and now attends UW-Whitewater. I enjoyed meeting Superintendent Dan Narod before the game. One of my favorite chants of the season came from our student section, who upon spotting him in the East Gym chanted, Dr. Narod! Dr. Narod! He was a very impartial fan, wearing a Spartan sweatshirt with an East fleece over it. I want to thank Clint Robus, a reporter at the Wisconsin State Journal, for understanding that I was not very talkative after the game. He was nice enough to say he liked my blog and that he was following it. I have to remember where this loss puts our program and get some perspective. This is our first conference road loss since February 2003 when we lost at La Follette. This loss also snaps our 18-game Big 8 winning streak dating to a 57-55 loss to Beloit at home last season. We currently hold a 40-game consecutive winning streak in the league. It is also the second loss for Memorial in the past 62 conference games and only the third loss in the past 88 games. Those numbers say quite a lot about the talented teams, dedicated players, and tradition that Memorial Basketball has created. Saturday. January 17, 7 a.m. You have to love kids. My kids were up early this morning ready for the day and not caring that Daddy's team lost last night. I am getting ready to go coach Drew's YMCA basketball team, so hopefully I can get this loss off of my mind. Saturday, January 17, 3 p.m. We had a great four-hour practice today. Players called a private team meeting before practice that lasted an hour. I heard it went well and was supportive of the guys having time alone to talk and plan as a team. We then watched the entire East game and had a two-hour practice. It was the first time I left practice in almost a month feeling really good about where we are as a team. Saturday, January 17, 10.30 p.m. The entire Big 8 played tonight, but I sent scouts, including former player Ryan Beld, to the games and spent the night on a date with my wife, Maya, and our good friends Dave and Amy Knight. It also helped that I could talk basketball with Dave, who runs Power Squared, the sports performance clinic through UW Health. Sunday, January 18, 8 a.m. Today is Verona Day. We play them on Friday, so it's time to put the loss behind us, move forward, and get ready to play. The one thing about being in the Big Eight is you need to be really ready to play every night or you will lose. I have the privilege of coaching in one of the best conferences in the state. Chapter 10, The Demise of the Number 3 Value Meal as a Pre-Game Ritual and a Celebration of Other Memorial Successes. Monday, January 19, 7 p.m. No school today. This is our fifth day of being out of our routine. It seems a bit odd having all these school days off during the middle of basketball season. It feels like a mini winter break. The blessing is that I have gotten to spend a lot of time at home and to reconnect with my family, something that usually doesn't happen until mid-March. We had an early evening practice today. It was a good practice for the first hour, but we lost a little focus in the last 30 minutes. We have spent a lot of time emphasizing how hard we are working during each practice. I handed the players and the assistant coaches their roles during the end of practice. I'm going to discuss them individually over the next week. Tuesday, January 20, 7.45 a.m. 
back to school today. The first semester is coming to an end, just like the first half of our season. We started spending more time on Verona today and discussing their tendencies and what we expect from them on Friday. It is always difficult the second time through conference when you have already played an opponent. Teams know what to expect, and it becomes more difficult to execute the various offenses and defenses. People have scouted us and have a better idea of what we run, so my players have to execute that much better for us to be successful. You also have to factor in injuries this time of year. The second round through conference really battle tests us for the upcoming tournament trail, one of my favorite times of year. Tuesday, January 20, 9 p.m. I just got back from watching the Verona-La Follette game. Scouting is one of the aspects of my job that I really enjoy and work hard at. It is fun to get out and see teams that we will play. Seeing a team in person or on tape allows me to sleep better at night. I don't think there is anything better than going into a game knowing a little something about your opponent. Verona is going to be quite a battle for us. They push the ball up court as well as any team I have seen in quite some time. Wednesday, January 21, 11.35 a.m. Today is the last day of final exam reviews, and tomorrow students start taking their exams. I was just notified that one of several specials done on our team is going to be on FSN tonight. I can't wait to sit down and watch it. From what I gather, the episode is going to be on several times a week over the next few weeks. Wednesday, January 21, 10.35 p.m. I worked the guys out hard at practice the last three days, and they have responded really well. After practice yesterday, we went right to the locker room and walked by one of my freshman coaches, Percy Brown. Percy found me and asked me if I had taken the guys to the swimming pool. He remarked that he had never seen them so drenched after a practice. I watched our special on FSN tonight and thought that they and When We Were Young Productions did a wonderful job. I think it gave a small glimpse into the behind the scenes of a high school basketball program. My favorite part was the players dancing in the parking lot. I also watched the end of the Badgers game at Iowa. That was a tough one to lose. I thought when Jordan Taylor hit that shot at the end of regulation that the Badgers were going to pull it out. This has been a bittersweet day for my wife, Maya. It is the 24th anniversary of her dad's death. Milt Bakken would have made an excellent father-in-law, and many people have told me that he would have loved watching me coach. That does not surprise me considering his head coaching history at Milton, as well as working with Jim Stevens at Madison West, along with being a Hall of Fame basketball player and football player at UW-Platteville. I hope Drew and Emma inherit those athletic genes. Thursday, January 22nd, 9 p.m. Today was the first day of final exams. I feel like all I have been doing today is grading. It was nice to get to practice and work on different things for tomorrow's game. The players did a great job focusing in practice, considering the lack of routine over the past week. It seems like it has been forever since the loss to Madison East. We need a game badly. When I look at our upcoming schedule, we have four games in eight days. That is the great thing about a basketball season. If your team stumbles, you get a quick chance to recover from a loss. Friday, January 23, 2 p.m. My players only have two exams today and the entire afternoon off, allowing for early practice. We just finished an hour-long practice and spent some time on specific drills to prepare for Verona. This is the hardest I have worked the guys out on a game day in a long time. I want to make sure that they leave their exams behind and focus.
Memorial Administration is anticipating a sellout crowd and will televise the game in the cafeteria for those fans who can't get a seat in the gym. Friday, January 23, 5 p.m. Having lost our last game, I am going to leave some of my superstitions in the past. I am no longer wearing the opponent's school colors in my tie or my state championship ring on game days. Those who know me well will not be surprised to hear that I have superstitions going back to my playing days, putting my basketball shoes on in a specific order and following the same pregame routine. The year Memorial won the state championship, I ate a number three value meal from McDonald's before every game. I have also honked when passing a friend's house on my way to games, driven specific routes to games, worn the same outfit for every game, and seen my kids before every game. Too many routines to mention. Superstitions are important because they get you in a habit of thinking about the game. It's all about routines. Can anyone guess my new superstitions? I'm not telling. Friday, January 23, 10.30 p.m. It was another hard-fought game against Verona, and we won 57-34. I thought we had one of our better defensive performances of the year, holding a team that is averaging over 70 points a game to less than half that. We also held the leading scorer in the conference, Jason Zemer, to 11 points. He previously averaged over 22 points a game. We still played sloppy at times and missed four dunks, which I have not seen happen in the Memorial Gym. We played a lot harder and with a sense of urgency that I have not seen in our first couple of games. I was happy and impressed with the effort the team showed for 32 minutes. I hope we can maintain that energy for the rest of the season. Before the game, I was able to sneak in and see my second swim meet of the year. Talk about a storied program. When you look at the walls in the pool and see the number of state championship and state runner-up trophies the boys' and girls' programs have established over the last 40 years, it is amazing. I was also able to see history in the making with junior Michael Drives, the defending 200 IM Division I state champion. He slashed the pool record in the 200 IM and broke the school and pools records for the 500 free. That record has not been broken since the mid-1970s. Way to go, Michael. Swimmers are some of the most dedicated athletes in our school. They put in a lot of early morning practices, countless hours, and get very little media attention for all of their accomplishments. Our game tonight was live video streamed on channel3000.com by Jay Wilson and John Boyle. I always love when they come and do our games. Plus, Jay says he reads my blog. So it's good to know that I have at least one reader. I am not happy that Jay will no longer be doing the WIAA State Tournament this year since he no longer works for Channel 27. I have enjoyed listening to him broadcast state tournament games since I was a kid. Hope that doesn't make you feel too old, Jay. Saturday, January 24, noon. We had a pretty short practice today. With a long week ahead and three games in six days, I do not want to wear down the players' bodies too much. We lifted, shot, and reintroduced the players to the Parker Scout, which we had discussed earlier in the month, but then had to reschedule the game because of bad weather. I am excited to have a date with Maya tonight to celebrate the 40th birthday of a close friend, Kate Young. It's a surprise party, and Kate loves to dance and do karaoke. Should be fun. Chapter 11 Surviving the Grind of an NBA Schedule and the Black Eye for the Program Monday, January 26, 3.05 p.m. 
Today is the last day of exams. I can't wait until we get back to our normal routine. It seems like a long time since we have had a full week of school without any interruptions. At noon, the team got together to watch tape of the victory over Verona, eat lunch, and practice. The one good thing about this time of year is that we have more time to watch film and to lift. The players seem happy that final exams are over, and even happier that there are three games this week. This is a good time of year to be playing games. As a coach, I sometimes need to get out of the way and let my players play. I don't always have as much control over the outcome as I may think. I have not hit a jump shot in a game that mattered in more than 20 years. I'm going to head off and grade some of my finals. Grading is the only part of my job I do not like. Grading feels like doing laundry and dishes. There is always some to do. I had lost a couple of warm-up tops after our last home game, but I found them in the closet in the gym today. Things are looking up. Monday, January 26, 10.30 p.m. I just finished watching Marquette and former Memorial basketball player Wesley Matthews beat Notre Dame. What a great game. Wesley is playing well, and I really enjoy watching him. I also watched the movie Jumper. Interesting movie in which people have the ability to beam themselves up to other places. If I possessed the ability to jump anywhere, I would jump to Cameron Indoor Stadium during a Duke men's basketball game. I feel like I should be watching game tape or doing some team statistics and decide what I'm going to work on in my basketball academy. In the offseason, I run my own basketball academy for the top middle school prospects in the area who are self-motivated, competitive, and hardworking. I developed this academy in response to the reality of today's competitive environment. Times are different from when I played. As a kid in the offseason, I participated in a few pickup games in the summer and practiced recreationally. Now I believe you need a lot of individual instruction and skill development. That is why I limit each session to 12 athletes working with me and run it each spring each summer, and each fall. I really enjoy doing this, and it keeps my coaching sharp in the off-season. Tuesday, January 27, 7.45 a.m. We are back to a normal school day. We had our shoot-around this morning and are ready to play Parker. We have some illness going around the team but we'll be ready for tonight. Tuesday, January 27, 4.50 p.m. I just got off the treadmill. It has been a couple of hard days working out with my fifth cold of the year. One of the hard things about teaching is the number of illnesses you are around on any given day. Having a six- and four-year-old at home does not seem to help either. I'm going to grab a quick sandwich and run off to the gym. Tuesday, January 27, 11 p.m. We beat Parker 91-48. I am happy that everyone got a lot of playing time, and I thought my bench did a wonderful time in the game. The score may not show it, but I think Parker coach Ryan Masterson is doing a great job in a difficult situation. He has his players playing hard, and once they get their first win, they will knock some people off. I told him before the game that it takes time to build a program, and that when I took the memorial job, there was not a huge influx of applications. In fact, I was the only applicant for the job. I just got home from our game in time to watch the final five minutes of the Wisconsin-Purdue game. What an exciting game, and I am so proud of the way Keaton played, especially his three-point shooting. He made all five attempts, including one that he banked in 
I personally think that Wisconsin is taking a bad rap right now in the media. You wait. The Badgers will be around at the end. Coach Bo Ryan's teams are well coached and will fight until the end. Wednesday, January 28, 10.30 p.m. I worked out too hard yesterday. I was feeling too good because I ended up in the training room with shin splints. Getting old is no fun. The saying that youth is wasted on the young is true. I spent some time today working on several new presses and zone offenses for tomorrow's game against Sun Prairie. Practice was pretty uneventful, which I guess is a good thing. One of my coaching friends said, you just have to fight through the dog days of January. I did get a good laugh at practice today when assistant coach Kevin Klegos came into practice with a black eye. As Kevin tells it, he received it from WISC-TV sports anchor Jay Wilson during a noon basketball game at the Shell on the UW campus. It has not been verified that is where the black eye came from or that the two of them play basketball together, but rumor has it that it is the same game Governor Doyle plays in. I have gathered some information about this noon basketball game from several reliable sources. I am sounding like a news reporter and not a math teacher. It appears noon ball is supposedly the toughest game in Madison to get invited to play in. The game started 25 years ago in the UW Fieldhouse and has since moved to the shell. The game commissioner and founder is UW Athletic Department academic advisor Alan Zussman. Play is by invite only, and players are often suspended or reprimanded for anything from poor shot selection to being tardy. Over the years, participants have included future college head coaches such as Tony Bennett, Virginia, Ray McCollum, Detroit Mercy, and Bo Ryan, Wisconsin. Others have included UW and NFL star Al Toon, Sean Hood, now an assistant coach at Cleveland State, Trent Jackson, a former UW basketball player, Tom Oates from Wisconsin State Journal, and of course, Jay Wilson. One of the original participants is Governor Doyle, who is said to hold the all-time shell scoring record. Doyle's play has been limited since taking office. He has a standing invitation to return to the game, but only if he brings President Obama. Maybe President Obama will show up. I want to take this opportunity to invite the president to a pickup game at Memorial. If he showed up, I would have to dust off my old basketball shoes. If that doesn't happen, maybe I will get invited to the noon ball sometime. Thursday, January 29th, 1.45 a.m. Madison East. They have one of the top sophomores in the Big 8 Conference. Off to bed I go. Friday, January 30, noon. It feels like we are an NBA team, playing every other day. I saw some of the players in the hallway, and they look tired. I am going to have to take it easy on them at practice. We have a lot to get done in an hour-long practice since the girls' basketball team is at home tonight and they need the floor. Friday, January 30, 10.45 p.m. A good short practice tonight. My wife Maya and I just got home from having dinner at Tex Tubbs with our neighbors Aaron Clune and Mike Anderson. It's always nice to have a non-basketball night. It helps recharge the battery and puts everything in perspective. I had one of the team's managers, Kira Sweeney, babysit tonight. Emma and Drew are already asking when she can come back. I continued to hear from people who are reading the blog. I received an email from Mark Schmidbush, a 74 graduate of Memorial who lives in Tennessee, who says this blog has brought back some great memories. As Mark states, when the school first opened, I was in grade school and would go watch Memorial and West play in a packed gym. In 74, I had the great fortune to play for Bob Boomer Harris. We won a few games, 
not a lot, but you couldn't measure the value of playing for such a great man. I used many of those learnings raising my own kids and in my daily work. I only hope I am making that kind of impact on my players. Mark also asked what keeps me from making the jump from high school coaching to the collegiate level. I'll never say never, but I have a wonderful job that I love with a very supportive school and administration. Family is the center of my world, and being a high school head coach gives me the freedom of time that you don't have at the collegiate level. I am not sure I want to put my mortgage payment in the hands of a 19-year-old college player needing to hit a free throw in an important game. Saturday, January 31, noon. We had an early practice today, and then I headed off to Drew's basketball game. I love Saturday games, but it sure makes the weekend go fast. I'm hoping to find the Marquette-Georgetown game on TV. I need someone to invent the Big East Network. We have a big game tonight at home versus Craig. I can't believe that after tonight, there are only six games left in the regular season and just two home games. Coaching during the winter sure makes the months fly by. I can tell that spring is coming when I leave practice and it is still light out. Saturday, January 31, 11.45 p.m. I feel we are getting better after tonight. We jumped out on a 12-0 run and a 21-5 first quarter lead. This is probably one of the most complete games we have played all year. Except for a small spurt in the second quarter when Craig scored on four straight possessions, I thought our overall defense was excellent. We are slowly learning that it's going to take 32 minutes of focused play for us to be successful. Well, I hope you enjoyed all that. Um, I'm doing this in the pre-edit rather than the post-edit. I'm not sure if we're going to get through all of it. If we don't, we'll do. We'll finish the the, the book next week. Um, if not, we'll jump in and um, I'm going to do some stuff with tryouts and conditioning and, and some preseason stuff because I know we're all revving up for that. If you like these podcasts, please go over and subscribe and like. We would really appreciate that a lot. Um, we'd also really like if you go over and join teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It allows me to have some sushi and maybe take my wife out to dinner and um, it allows me to have the time. You know, we only, we all only have a finite amount of time during the week. You know, there's only, what is it, 168 hours in a week. And for me to sit here and be able to do, do that, um, you know, find the time during the week to be able to do it um, and convince uh, the people in the house that I can um, teach hoops.com allows me to do that. So go over and check it out. 14 day free trial. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.